Hello, and a very big welcome to Hawk Talk. I'm Holly. And I'm Jonathan. And we're your hosts for the first season of Hawk Talk. Today, we're really excited to introduce our next guest, Imogen Grant. Imogen is currently rowing as part of the GB rowing team, having learned to row at Trinity College in 2014, and developed through the CUWBC squad to being in the Victoria CUWBC Blueboats of 2017 and 2018. She has competed in multiple international events, most recently winning gold in the lightweight women's single skull at the 2019 World Rowing Cup 3, and the bronze in the lightweight women's double at the 2019 World Rowing Championships. Imogen is currently taking a break from studying medicine here at Cambridge to train towards the delayed Tokyo Olympics. Wow, what an impressive introduction, Imogen. Welcome. Thanks for having me. We are so excited to have you on. You have such an impressive sporting story. So I wondered then if to start off with, you could tell us a bit about why you chose to study at Cambridge. So I grew up in Cambridge. I've lived in Cambridge all my life up until the last few years. And as you alluded to, I, it had nothing to do with rowing, applying to Cambridge and, and wanting to go there. Uh, I'd never really heard of the sport at all, but from going to school in Cambridge and being around all the university events and the science fair and all the colleges, I was really aware that it was just the best university in the world, in my opinion. And I thought, well, I want to go to the best university in the world. And if it just happens to be on my back doorstep, then that's where I'm going to go. Oh, that's that's great. And that sounds like it's a really good reason to apply to the university. So moving on from there, it's October 2014 and you're a fresher at Trinity College. Could you talk us through why you decided to take up rowing? Yeah, well, it's quite a funny story, actually, because I thought rowing was a silly sport. I'd never really done it before. I intended to join Cambridge and join the climbing society, do some sailing, lots of outdoor stuff. I was working for an outdoor company at the time as well. So I'd been quite sporty growing up and wanted to be active, but rowing, I was like, oh, you go backwards. You have to wake up really early. It doesn't sound like it's for me. But during the Trinity College Freshers Week, the boat club, first and third, hold freshers cocktails or boaty cocktails uh, on the Friday. And the way that it works is you go along and you put your name down for a taster session and you get some vouchers for some free drinks. And so everyone at the college goes and they sign up for a taster session and they get their free drinks. And most of the time people don't bother turning up for the taster session. So, yeah, I, I went along, I put my name down, I got my two free drinks. Uh, and it just so happened that the only slots available were about a week later. So I was like, cool, cool. I'm not going to go. It's fine. And on the day, the girl that I kind of was going to go with had um, tryouts for the basketball team at the university but I just I couldn't do it I couldn't not go I felt really bad about standing them up so I went along I sort of alluded that I'd done rowing before somehow so my first outing was in a coastal fall rather than in a in a tub and someone gave me lots of compliments about how well I was copying the person in front of me and I thought great I'm gonna gonna keep going with that it's a good job then that you did do that taster session because it's sort of gone from there really you you picked up that new sport and you realized that you were doing quite well at it what happened then I mean that day I had my taster session and I put my name down for a, another session there and then the very next day and I ended up doing more sessions than our M1 that term I, I became the keenest novice I think that the college had seen I was a nightmare for the LBCs because I kept asking for more outings and they didn't have any for me. So I would often wake up at six and wait to see if someone hadn't turned up for their outing so that I could sub for them. You know, too keen, too keen. But that term 
I was invited by my women's captain to go to one of the CW Dev Squad ergs. So CW is now CBC, so I'll, I'll call it CBC from now on. I went along and one of the coaches there, Paddy, ran those ergs in mid term and then a bit more in Lent term to add a bit of extra coaching and a bit of guidance to sort of identify the, the people that really wanted to do a bit more rowing. I was also really lucky in our mid term in that one of my other friends had also started rowing and was also really enthusiastic about it. And the LBCs couldn't put on enough eights outings for us so they took us out in pairs so it was about three or four weeks into learning to row and me and a friend were doing pairs outings and I think that really helped me improve technically and also you get a bit more directed coaching when it's just you and one other person so it enabled us to improve really quickly in that first year through the development squad stuff with the CBC development erg they also put together a beginner eight to go to buck so I went along to that as did my pairs partner from first and third uh, and we won that by 13 seconds which was just amazing and so motivating and that moved on to the summer development squad as well so a very similar thing but slightly more like what trialing would be like so we stayed over the summer did two sessions a day some erging some rowing and we targeted some of the summer regattas and raced at those which was really fun and that was a really good preparation for me to start trialing that next year that's kind of where my proper rowing career started I mean first and third definitely gave me the tools to begin but ultimately I only really rode with them for a year before I moved to CBC and it's the coaches there that really developed me up into the athletes over the next few years. So the first year I trialed as a lightweight and that was the strange year that became a lightweight blondie crossover. So I actually raced two boat races in that first year. The lightweight boat race at Henley, which we lost by a canvas, which was gutting. And then had a week to sort of turn it around and race with the blondie counterparts that were waiting for us on the tideway and we won that by three and a half lengths and that was the same day that the blue boat race sank uh, and we were racing 15 minutes after them thankfully we didn't think that it was certainly crazy conditions that's a really great summary of the process and i have to admit as a novice coming into the sport myself when i was a fresher you were definitely someone that was talked about and your kind of meteoric rise from novice through to trialing and then later on to international was a real inspiration to i know me and lots of my other novice friends is really incredible so as, as you mentioned previously you didn't come to Cambridge because of the rowing program however obviously now you've been involved in some very high level rowing programs how does the program compare to others within the country I would be biased but I honestly think it's one of the best rowing programs in the country the amount of funding from the sponsorship was really revolutionary especially to the women's side in terms of bringing up the quality of the equipment, of the location, of the way that we were able to train so that people were able to train without worrying about how to pay for it. When I was there, Rob Baker was the head coach. He's now, well, he was head coach of CBC and now he's one of the head coaching team there. And comparing it to the national squad, we kind of had everything in comparison. So we had nutritionist, we had a sports psych, we had a weights coach, we had excellent coaches. You know, even the sports psych lady that we worked with for the first couple of years was Kate Hayes. And she worked with the GB hockey team who won gold. And just being exposed to these really, really high caliber people was just amazing. I think it was also really, really beneficial for me. And I was exposed to a lot of people older than me and who were a lot more experienced at rowing at that time. So there are a lot of grads, athletes who come to Cambridge to do masters or to do PhDs who have already raced at a world championships, who have 
gone to under 23s and in Miriam's case you know, gone to the final Olympic qualifying regatta and being able to sort of model your behavior off what they do and see how they approach training I think it really brings everybody up to a really high standard really really quickly and I would recommend it to anybody and I know that the the coaches have changed slightly since I, I've been there. Rob Weber's now in charge and he's fantastic. Uh, and I know that the, the big coaching team from the new CEBC is going to really benefit everybody as that collective coaching knowledge. So it seems then, Imogen, that whilst you were in your, your undergraduate degree the first three years, you were juggling this alongside really quite a lot of training. Absolutely no mean feat there. Then in 2018, you were part of the the training team for the open weight blue bow eight and also the lightweight single whilst then managing the first year of your your clinical medicine degree how on earth did you balance this it wasn't an easy year i'll say that i think the the reason that i got through it is because i wanted it and i wanted it all and one thing i'm really passionate about is not compromising one side of yourself for another and i think one of the really important things that CBC emphasizes is being a scholar athlete doing your degree and excelling like athletically is so so important and I think is really enhances both sides of things I was able to go to almost all the training but I was placed at a hospital about an hour and a half drive away from Cambridge so I had a lot of driving to do and I sometimes had to do the lamb sessions by myself but Rob Baker was incredibly supportive and so were the rest of the team. There was a level of trust that meant that even if I wasn't there in that evening session, everybody knew that I was doing the training. There wasn't any worry on that side of things. There is sometimes a, a pressure on the academic side to kind of commit to your degree, commit to medicine or whatever else other people are doing. But actually the clinical school is incredibly supportive being really understanding of the aspirations that I had and being able to shift a couple of placements around to enable me to go on the January training camp. So I did placements over Christmas instead and letting me race at the World Cup as well and, and missing a couple of days of placement there that I could make up at another time. Rob was obviously very instrumental in letting me do that as well. Like he sort of took me from a novice uh, all the way to someone that was at the under 23 World Championships winning gold and we had sort of quite a lot of individualized training as a result of that I mean his, he's he's just an amazing coach and I think that was a really big part of, of being able to balance it all. And that sounds excellent and it, it's really important there that you talked about that you had the support not only of your coaching team but of the academic team as well you know being in contact with them having an open dialogue being able to fit things around so that you could work towards both of those things is excellent really yeah exactly and I think that there seem to be a lot of medics that seem to put themselves through it to be honest I think it's a part of the wanting to push yourself in all aspects of of like what you're doing so there were two other girls in my year who are trialing alongside me and I know that you're a medic aren't you Jonathan yeah I am yeah yeah so you know there's plenty of us nuts enough to try and try and do both and I think at this point now that there's there's been enough people to prove that it's doable I think it's actually it makes it easier and I think that's a really good thing for any sport so before before we move on um you've we talked a little bit about open weight and lightweight categories in rowing could you explain a little bit more about what those mean an open weight is anyone anyone who wants to row it's the general 
classification for rowing. All college rowing is open weight and that's very normal. Lightweight rowing is a lot newer than open weight rowing. It's about 40, 45 years old in terms of conception of it. And it comes with a weight limit. So usually rowers are very big, very tall, very strong. And if you're a bit smaller, then sometimes it's quite hard to compete with that. So a lightweight man, the crew average must be below 70 kilos. And a lightweight woman, the crew average must be 57 kilos. And there's a variety of very boring rules around when you have to weigh that weight and what the averaging works like and maximum weights and stuff, which I'm not going to bother going into because I don't think it's very interesting. But basically it means you have to be a certain weight at a certain amount of time before you race on the day. And it enables people like me to get into the sport because if it had just been open weight rowing, I'm not sure that I would have tried for trialing for CUBC. I'm not sure that I would have thought I was big enough or strong enough for actually for someone to be able to tell me, no, no, there's, there's lightweight rowing, you're a smaller person, it's really competitive, you can do this, actually meant that I could build my confidence as a lightweight and then realise, oh, actually, I can compete for the openweight blue boat. I am good enough. And I think in some ways it makes you a better athlete doing that as well, because not only do you have to just beat, beat the person, you're coming from even more of a disadvantage. It's like I have to overcome the fact I'm a lightweight and then beat them fair and square in a seat race. And I think that makes you really competitive. I think it makes you really technical. And I think it can be really beneficial on that side of things. I do think it can be a difficult subject being a lightweight because it's weight restricted. And sometimes I have to eat less food and sometimes I'm hungry and grumpy. And there are all sorts of strange things that people do to make weight on race day. And I think that can be really destructive. And it's really important that a lightweight rowing team has a really strong team environment with a good nutritionist and a good psychologist to make sure that everybody's okay with that. I think that's a really good summary there of what it's like to be a lightweight rower. Yeah, that from your experience as well, Jonathan. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, certainly can remember a few of those uh, not so ideal situations on race day to try and try and get right down to that weight. Yeah, it's nice to know that you do have that support there. And now, Imogen, you've taken a break from your medical degree and have been doing a part-time master's. And this has meant you've been able to train full-time with the GB squad. What has that been like? And how has the university been supporting you there? It was pretty cool joining the team. It felt like a really big next step. It was obviously very strange into missing from my medical degree because I think before I started rowing and before I joined Cambridge, I was very much eyes on the prize. No gap year get a first every year as if, graduate and do it all as quickly as possible. And suddenly when this opportunity came up, it sort of changed my priorities on what I wanted to do. So yeah, joining the team was, was really cool. It was quite daunting, but I think actually CBC gave me such a good foundation for what the team would be like because the program is so professional, because the weights are done really effectively, because it's very much a volume based 80%, 20% uh, low intensity, high intensity program. That's actually very comparable to what the national team does. So it was a really exciting transition because not having to do so much academically meant that I could really push myself physically um, and get stronger get faster pb and that was that was really exciting i did intermit from my medical degree but i didn't want to let my brain go to mush so i did a part-time masters over the last two years which everyone at cambridge was so accommodating with my supervisor you know allowed me to do remote meetings and i was able to do all my work on my laptop and so 
as well as being able to do all the training that I've wanted to do it also feels like I haven't let any years go to waste because now I have a master's <laughs> which is pretty cool but yeah I'd say the biggest difference at the national team is that you know everything's just dialed up a little bit more the support you get is absolutely incredible there's always a physio on site you can book a meeting with a psychologist or sports psych at any point there's always someone in the building ready to support you there's someone called a performance lifestyle coach and they can enable you to uh, apply for internships or find courses that you'd be interested in doing alongside the training uh, and that kind of thing which is very different to Cambridge in that you've kind of just got to keep plowing and keep doing all of your all of your studies during the term time but it's it's been really really fun and now I get to do it for another year. Imogen this all sounds so exciting and yeah as you mentioned you get to do it for another year because unfortunately the Tokyo 2020 Olympics has been delayed so can you tell us a little bit more about what your plans are for the next year? So I was fairly sure they were going to be delayed by the time that we were all in lockdown and training remotely there was this mad scramble on the last day we were at Caversham to get an erg and to get resistance bands and to take weights and make sure we had everything to train really really hard until we could get to the Olympics this year but it became clear pretty quickly that wasn't going to be the case thankfully and fingers crossed it's just a different end date and that's kind of how it feels it doesn't feel like having to wait it's another year to get better and, and get faster so it's pretty much exactly the same time that it would be next year now and yeah lockdown was interesting uh, I was training in my living room with my two housemates both of whom who are also on the team so there was three of us trying to train in our small two-bedroom house and especially initially when you weren't able to get outside that often for exercise that was pretty tough but actually me and my doubles partner have both had a really really good lockdown training period we've both pb'd on on various things and I think it's actually going to be beneficial to us in the long run and you know it, that's very much a silver lining because both of us were ready to sort of really smash it this year and then go back to medicine and get a job and move on a little bit but I actually think with this extra year we've got a better chance at gold than we did this this year so in that sense it's really exciting. That's really good that you're going to be able to race still as well and is the plan to come back to medicine after that? Yeah yeah it's not normal to uh, intimate for more than two years in a row uh, and so the clinical school had to approve that independently at a special meeting which they did and I'm so so grateful to them again it would have been quite gutting to have done two of the years and then have to just leave that dream so that's been really good but yeah back in September 2021 I reckon if everything goes ahead as it's meant to next year I'll have about two weeks between the end of the Olympics and the start of medical placement which will be a little bit tight but yeah I'll, I'll be returning next year I've been writing some papers and hopefully I've got a paper coming out over the next few months and I'm hoping to be able to publish more over this year and make it count in terms of research but I need to finish my medical degree. <laughs> that's what I sort of came to Cambridge for in the first place. Oh, that's that's really good to hear that you'll be coming back. Now, of course, we, we've alluded a little bit to the fact that CW is now CBC. So since you started rowing, you've seen the CW Blue Boat have their first race on the championship course, same as the Open Weight Men. Then you saw the club merge with the Lightweight Men's squad in 2019 season, and it's now combining with C the CBC with the Open Weight Men's squad into one whole club for the upcoming 2021 season. 
So rowing has a bit of a reputation for being quite old-fashioned and quite resistant to change. Do you feel that the sport has improved in its recognition of female athletes in your time as a rower? And are there any particular changes upcoming that you're particularly excited to see? So my first year at university was the first year that the women's boat race was held on the tideway. And I went down and I watched with my friends and I watched in awe uh, as both the boats came past. And in that lead up, I remember so many people, you know, in the newspapers or online going, oh, but but can they row the distance? Can they row that far? And it's crazy to think that five years on, that's just not even a question that anybody asks now. And now that the lightweight race is also on the tideway, I think it's really good that everybody is on an equal footing there. I think that merging the clubs is only going to be beneficial. I think one of the real strengths that CWBC had in comparison to Oxford was that the lightweights and the openweight women were in one club from the beginning. And that enabled people like me to transfer from lightweight to openweight. If I'd been at Oxford, that would have been a matter of literally changing clubs and, and changing coaches and changing training program whereas it was so cohesive it was just a matter of sitting in a different seat on a on a different day I definitely think there's a long way to go in terms of women's rowing and, and equality for everybody rowing is not a diverse sport by any means and I definitely think that that is a really tricky problem to solve and I hope that initiatives like Fulham Reach Boat Club are going some of the way to solve that but I think more needs to be done on that side of things I am really excited that more women's events are going to be happening at Henley Royal because I got to race there a couple of years ago and it was so special, so exciting. I mean, it's one of the biggest rowing regattas in the world and the prestige of being able to race there is amazing. And it's so frustrating that so few women are able to experience that. Rowing is old fashioned and I think that stereotype is there for a reason because it is. But I hope that all the people who have started rowing in the last few years and are really pushing to change things, to merge the clubs, to get the women on the tideway. They're the people that are going to make the difference in the long run. And they're the people that are going to change the stereotype of rowing. Yeah, I think those are some really important points that you've raised. It's really positive to hear those changes are happening. Hopefully more will be on the way. I am sure that our listeners have enjoyed hearing about that. Finally, is there anything else that we've missed talking about that you would like to share? Yeah, I think I touched on it earlier, not wanting to compromise excelling academically while also doing sport. And I think that was something I really struggled with when I was younger. I did a lot of sport when I was younger, you know, all of the normal school sports, hockey and netball. And I did diving and gymnastics and swimming outside of school. You know, my parents must have just been driving me from club to club every single day but I didn't classify myself as a sporty person because I wasn't a sporty person because I was an academic person because I was good at sciences and I was good at maths and I was going to go to Cambridge and I think it's taken a really long time for me to accept that I can be both that yes I am a sporty person and yes I'm also an academic person and I'm also a creative person and I like to play music and I like to make art and I can have all of those aspects of my personality all in one. And I think that was something that I started understanding through sports and through rowing. And that's something I'm really grateful for because it's enabled me to, to expand in many other areas that aren't related to rowing at all. I think that's, that's a really interesting perspective there. And it's really important for our listeners as well. You know, not everyone at Cambridge is just an academic. In fact, the vast majority of people aren't. The vast majority of people have so many other interests and pursuits outside of their academia, and it all kind of merges into making them a, 
more round person and also usually helps with their academics overall yeah, as definitely. well. So yeah, I think I think that's a really, really important perspective there. So Imogen, thank you so much for joining us today. Really enjoyed the conversation and I'm sure our listeners will too. Can you tell everyone where we can find you on social media so that they can follow your progress towards the upcoming Olympic season? You can find me on at Imogen Daisy G on Instagram and Twitter. I'm active on both of them, tweeting and posting. Perfect. I'll link those in the show notes below. Thank you all so much for listening and tune in next time for our next episode. Imogen, good luck with all of your training and your upcoming races this season. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hawk Talk. Please do subscribe so that you're the first to hear about any new episodes. And if you're enjoying them, please think about leaving us a five-star rating and a review so that we can reach as many people as possible. Also check out our Instagrams at Hawks Club Cambridge and at Ospreys Cambridge to see more about life as a light blue athlete.